0: Is Adam, welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Cole Young of the band Trench over Zoom Video. Cole was born and raised in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and he talks about how he got into music. His dad is a drummer played in bands his entire life and Cole would go as a young kid to watch his dad's band play. So he got a drum set at five years old. He talked about learning drums, eventually learned piano and then guitar. He started his first band when he was 14 years old as a guitar player and they were called act fast and they ended up doing some big things really quickly. I mean, in ninth, 10th grade, he was going up to Edmonton and playing different shows through Calgary and big venues and opening up for some big bands When that band fizzled out, he talked about joining a few other bands that were kind of already established. While on tour with a different band, in the tour bus, he began to learn logic and started writing like rap beats and really dove into production. From this, he ended up meeting people in the hip-hop world, different rappers, where he would write beats for these rappers, started a project called Suicide Kings, and he did that for a handful of years until he joined the band Trench. He talked to us about going to one of the first Trench shows. They only played a couple before he was in a band, but he said it was pretty cool to actually watch the band that he ended up joining before he was actually a member of the band. We learned about the release of their first couple albums, putting out the record Blossom in the midst of a pandemic. Really, they put it out in April 2020. While all their touring plans and everything was canceled, they decided to still put the record out. During the pandemic is when they wrote this new EP called Encased in Chrome. and He tells us all about that as well. You can watch our interview with Cole on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it'd be awesome if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support
1: if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: We're bringing it backwards with Trench. Well, I appreciate you being here. Um, this podcast is about you and your journey in music, and obviously, we'll talk about the new uh, EP that you guys just put out as well.
1: Cool, man. Is my audio okay? Man, I have my like good condenser mic, but uh-huh. it was being a little finicky when I was testing it last night, so I didn't want to risk it. So is no, this it cool? Sounds-
0: No, that sounds great. How you have it now? Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. Awesome.
1: Yeah. I think we got a couple uh, faulty XLR cables in my household here that I got to
0: fix. So. Oh, all good. (laughs) It's not a, not a problem at all. Um, So first off, talk to me about where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in Calgary, Alberta, raised
1: in Calgary, Alberta.
0: Um, still here. I was going to ask are you still there. I am. Yeah.
1: Wow. Amazing. Yes. I love Calgary. <laughs> I yeah. really do. I, I think this is a great city. Um, I think it's like maybe somewhat of a hidden gem within Canada. I think when you, when you think Canada, you kind of think Vancouver, Toronto immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Calgary's a, an awesome place. So,
0: how far away is Calgary from like Toronto?
1: Uh, Who? 40 hour drive probably
0: is it really like it's, a, I'm it's so, like I'm across so... the country well okay so where am i thinking of then
1: so i'm on the <laughs> western side of canada so i'm close you're
0: okay you're closer to vancouver then that's yeah. where i was confused. yeah we're on the pacific thinking, side okay i was thinking that you're on the <laughs> eastern side that's why i asked that oh, okay feet, so, well it's then all good yeah uh, yeah i get so confused with uh, geography I'm terrible at it <laughs> me too, okay so me then you're too. close to you're close to Vinter- uh, uh, Vancouver then so how far would it be from there
1: uh we're about like a nine hour drive from Vancouver, okay so
0: still not that close
1: not like incredibly close the cool thing about driving to Vancouver especially as a band is there's um a place to stop in between called Kelowna You can have an awesome show there, but it's like a beach town, kind of like small little city, but, um, it's in the, uh, it's basically surrounded by lakes. Uh, So in the summer, like when we play Vancouver, we'll do a quick pit stop, play Kelowna, hopefully have a day off there to hang at the lake and stuff like that, and then make our way to Vancouver. But, um, but yeah, like everything in Canada is pretty spread out. It's not right. like touring the U S or something where we can hit a different city every couple of hours, which would be amazing. But
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I've, I've noticed that if you're a band touring Canada, especially if you, if you know you're from Canada and like you mainly would just stay within your country, like it's a nightmare, right? To like, I mean, as far as like getting around, you could drive day, like a day or I mean, 40 hours. That's, <laughs> you know, that would take you what, like a week to do. Yeah. At least like a few
1: days of just nonstop driving. Uh, And you better have multiple drivers because, you know, like if you're taking the nights off and stuff, it's going to take you about a week, probably more. Um, A lot of bands will play Vancouver, Mm -hmm. come to Calgary, play Edmonton, which is about two and a half hours north of us. Okay. Uh, And then they'll dip into Montana and start playing the States until they get to the East coast. And then they'll go up to Toronto.
0: Ah, okay.
1: That's the smart thing to do is like, if you are going to tackle Canada on a tour, uh, you're doing the U S in between the the coasts. Okay. And that just means, you know, you're playing a show every night. You're not driving a week from Calgary to Toronto. Uh, So, and that's probably why some bands don't play Canada as well, because of the logistics of, setting mm-hmm. up a tour like that and having to cross the border multiple times on one tour, like it can be wild. So.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that that's gotta be <laughs> insane. And especially, well with the past, you know, two years of everything that was happening uh, with all the restrictions and coming in and out of countries, like that, I'm, that made it even more of a nightmare. I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, we were supposed to go on a tour right before uh, the the pandemic hit. We got approved for our work visas for the States, which is great. You know, that's a a feat in itself, Uh, but (laughs) it is possible (laughs) for even small bands like we are, you know, to, to uh, get a visa and do this properly. But uh, immediately after that, all of the borders uh, implemented different rules, new rules. (laughs) Uh, They're still fluctuating and changing all the time. So um, I think it's getting better now. Like I think now, I'm seeing more tours and bands from the states coming up into Canada now. Mm -hmm. So I do think there is, you know, if you are up here working, like they're gonna let you come work. So, um, so yeah, uh, let's cross our fingers for for 2022 that all these tours that are scheduled, you know, actually happen, (laughs) follow through, and and happen uh, because it's so exciting to see. On social media and everything like what's mm-hmm. going on i'm like yes things are happening but right. you know we can't get our hopes up too too quickly
0: for sure well growing up in calgary was what was that like i mean are you on the coast there on the west coast or no
1: no we're not like directly on the coast but we are uh we are like the next major city over from vancouver which is right. on the coast mm-hmm. um but yeah we're we're kind of landlocked i'm I'm actually like from the Rocky mountains like calgary is is at the foothills of the Rocky
0: Mountains Oh amazing, um,
1: so like we are our bread and butter is like snowboarding, skiing okay. um you know lots of people come to calgary to go to there's a place called Banff, which is about an hour away from me, and it's just like kind of like a famous little mountain town that almost looks like it's uh from a movie or something, really. Um, so yeah, we have like, and lots of little like Rocky mountain lakes and stuff around. So uh, even though we're not on a coast, we're still, we still have like lots of awesome stuff around Calgary. Sure. Yeah. So no, just yeah, curious. It's, it's a cool like, place.
0: Yeah. I'm just so, again, I feel dumb, like not knowing any of this <laughs> stuff, but I'm like, yeah. Um, so were you outdoors a lot? Like, Did you spend a majority of your childhood out like outside, like snowboarding, skiing, all that? Yeah, man.
1: Um, And I think because Calgary in the, in the winter, it can, it can get pretty cold. Uh, We were pretty lucky this winter. It didn't, didn't really get too cold. We were, you know, it it was kind of like hoodie weather almost all, all winter here in Calgary, which is pretty unbelievable. But yeah, because it would get so cold in the winters normally before global warming really started catching up to us. Um we basically in the winter, you sit inside, play guitar, write music, and go snowboarding. Uh, you know we're we're always going to the mountains and stuff, and then, mm-hmm. then then in the summer, you're outside, uh you know, hiking, doing things in the mountains. Um, really taking advantage of the summer weather because Calgary in the summer gets quite hot. So mm-hmm. uh, we we you you see it you know as soon as the weather starts changing from winter, people are like walking around our city in flip flops and stuff. Like, <laughs> you know, people are just like, yes, it's it's almost here. So right, um, but yeah, I was an outdoorsy kid for sure. Um, cool. I still try, man. Like I we definitely take the mountains for granted. Um, ask pretty much anyone that grew up here. They'll tell you they take the, the setting for granted um, because a lot of my, my friends that are not from Calgary but live here, they're like, man, like they're, they're in the mountains, you know, every weekend. Type of thing. Right. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, as I've grown up and gotten older, I'm, I'm uh, realizing what, what I have here and the beauty of the land here and stuff. And, you know, you really got to take advantage. It's inspiring even when it comes to songwriting. Mm-hmm. Like a day in the mountains, man, hiking, um, you come back and you're like, Whoa, I feel good. Like I got a rush of energy. I'm feeling mm-hmm. creative. Like, let's go. So
0: <laughs> that's amazing. And how did you get into music, your musical household at all or no? Yeah. My dad's a drummer. Oh, amazing. So, Professionally yeah, so, or just, just uh, a he was guy. for,
1: he was for a long time. Um, and he also owns a business, like a woodworking business too. So, okay. um, he, he kinda was doing both usually through his whole life. And, um, he still plays the drums and still has like a jam band and they'll play it. There's this spot called the blues can in our city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like they'll go play there and stuff all the time. Like he's, you know, living his best dad, old man life. No sure. offense, dad, love you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I grew up in a, in definitely a musical household. You know, my mom, um, I was listening to Whitney Houston through my mom and, and Janet Jackson and Michael Jackson and uh, lots of like really amazing music growing up. And then through my dad, um, I was listening to, you know, Black Sabbath, uh, Pink Floyd, um, even like Metallica and stuff through my dad. So Uh, I had a drum set of by the time I was five years old. So I I truly started on, on drums, which is funny because in every band I've ever really been in, I've played guitar. Uh, But yeah, I I started on drums and um, probably picked up the guitar around like 11, uh, 12. And that's when I started getting more into like plugging into an amp and like electric guitar kind of blew my mind after so many years of playing drums. I was like, man, I could turn this down. And like, put it in my headphones and you know it could be midnight and i can be in my room just writing stuff or playing Mm. along to my favorite bands or whatever so yeah i really started getting attached to the guitar but uh every now and then i'll still play tommy trench's drummer i'll still play his kit just for fun you know make sure i still uh, have my rhythm and everything a little bit anyway
0: that's cool. That's amazing that you weren't a drummer for other bands because drummers are so hard to find, like a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's like, at least where I was, I mean, growing up when I tried to play in bands, you know, played guitar terribly. If you ever wanted to jam, it was like the the... The, the um drummer always had like the pick of the litter. It was like, who do they want to play with? You know, it was like yeah. and, you know, like if you're a drummer, you could choose anyone. And then if you're a guitar player, you just hope the drummer wanted to play with you.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. it's, <laughs> you it's so true. You you nailed that. Um and it, it's funny because uh, if you're like a good drummer, you can go far. You know, like you can go far if you're a good drummer and have the ambition and motivation. Like, like you said, there's, there's way less drummers than there are guitarists. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know what it was with me wanting to gravitate towards the guitar. I think when I was like 14 ish, I uh, started my first band and it was all because my, one of my best buddies who was a drummer, um, he was like, "Man, why don't you play in like a, a metal band or a hardcore band on guitar?" because I was just like riffing around while he was at my house. He's mm-hmm. like, "I'll drum." So, I think it was like literally that moment that I was kind of gravitating towards guitar because I found a drummer. You right, know, you had who a was, drummer who was down <laughs> and wanted to play and like write music and stuff. So, I was like, "Awesome, dude. I'll play guitar." And I guess the rest is history, you know. I'm it surprises me too that I took guitar as far as I have when starting as a drummer. I really feel a lot of drummers, you know, they've been they're tenured and mm-hmm. once you start playing drums, you oftentimes stick with that instrument mm-hmm. as as your main gig. So, yeah, a little backwards for me, but I think it worked out for the best, you know. Sure. I I look at drummers now even tom from trench and i'm just like man i can't do that shit like there's no way so uh yeah so really like i'm uh f- i'm better off where i am on guitar for sure
0: for sure my son is about to turn six next month but he we gave him a drum we got him a drum kit when covid started but we got him the electric kick so uh, yeah so nice. the neighbors didn't want to like you know kill us yeah, uh, but uh yeah am a buddy of mine's a drummer and for a, a bunch of different artists so i called him and i'm like dude like what he's five what do i get and he's like sends me this kit i'm like is this a little advanced he's like no teach him how to play like with a real kick drum and everything because totally. it, it'll make a difference and he's taking lessons now and he likes it but i feel like he's more interested in the piano which i think is still oh, cool, okay but yeah, I, awesome. I want him i want him to stay on the drums like i'm like yeah that like i'll definitely give you piano lessons but you're going to say, him drum yes.
1: lessons. <laughs> because Absolutely. if he
0: ever wants it to be in a band, then he will not have to go find the drummer. Hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's, that's awesome. Like
1: for sure. Like I'm, I'm of the mindset, you know, kids should be musical if they're, if they like it and you can mm-hmm. tell they have an interest in it. Like that's awesome. Piano lessons, drums, like the whole nine. I remember when I was a kid, my mom, Put me in piano lessons. Like I didn't have a choice. Um, And that helped immensely with just learning how to read music and, um, you know, scales and just the fundamentals of music. Mm -hmm. Uh, Piano was an absolute lifesaver for that and kind of set the tone for, you know, how I go about writing. And I'm definitely a big player by ear. Um, As opposed to someone who like goes out and looks at tabs or tries to read music, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think piano was
0: the reason that I function that way for sure. That's amazing. That's interesting. And so you were playing piano and drums at the same time for a while, and guitar. Yeah, and guitar, (laughs) all of it together. Wow. I think
1: I took piano lessons for like at least probably four ish years. You know, enough to like to grasp piano a little bit. I think I've lost it a little bit though. Cause uh, I actually sat on a piano the other day at national music center here in Calgary. Um, I was, I was on like a tour there. Like a, there was a tour guide taking us around the museum. That's she cool. was like, you could play this piano if you want. And I sat down and I was like, Oh man, I have no idea how to do this anymore. You know really? I, mean? so I think <laughs> yeah. I kind of lost it. I might have to watch some YouTube and brush myself back up on the piano.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you can figure it out again.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool. So, well, I would just have a quick question on your dad because you said he was a drummer and did you ever go see him play at all? Or was he done playing in bands at that point?
1: Yeah, totally. I used to go see him play. Um, usually it was at venues that I was too young to be at, right? Mm, like he was sure, playing like at a bar clubs or, or bars or something yeah. like that. But yeah, my mom would sneak me in and stuff and Uh, just throw the big headphones on me. So I wasn't damaging my ears and I would go see my dad play. And I used to love watching his band practice at their practice space. I would literally just sit there with my own drumsticks and like a a drum pad and just kind of drum along to what they were playing. But if it wasn't for my dad, there's no absolutely no way I'd be in music right now. Uh, That was super pivotal and you know him being such a music guy of course that rubs off on me kind of like with your son you know you if he's already if he's
0: interested yeah and he's
1: drumming that's that was exactly kind of the age range where I started at so it'll most likely be with him forever in some capacity um and and I know for me it was because of my dad
0: so that's that's amazing because that's something like I want for him you know and but i'm like am i gonna be that parent this is like throwing stuff at him and then he's like i don't want to do this i'm like you're gonna do it <laughs> you know? right yeah I think he's yeah. just gonna resent me and not and hate music because i'm throwing it at him but yeah <laughs> hopefully see not music's enough.
1: cool right so yeah, it's like right most kids are like oh man like who doesn't <laughs> love making a bunch of noise and like especially with drums just getting the you know, good, just beat good the drum skins. Like that's yeah. so satisfying for a kid. So
0: yeah, yeah his we'll friends will come over posted. and smash. Yeah, definitely. I definitely, like, his friends will come over and just like want to just hit the drums all day, like smash it. I actually oh, yeah. run it through uh, that same orange amp that you have behind you. Yeah, my, awesome. I have an older son and he plays guitar. He's learning guitar. Um, so we bought him that amp and- because the kit's electric, and when the teacher comes over, we plug it into the orange amp, and it sounds pretty good, like coming oh, out through there. Course. But I need to get him a new speaker, I think. But cool, uh, yeah. It yeah. ends up it ends up sounding pretty good, just even coming through the guitar amp.
1: <laughs> and with the electric drums, I mean, you could patch any sound onto there too, so even more options and fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a little electric drum kit in the basement of my house. Oh, and, cool. Um, yeah, my dad gave it to me like maybe two or three months ago. and and they're so fun they're so sick like i uh you know i i like it the volume knob is is really awesome like the it really
0: is (laughs) go down
1: there at 10 30 and like jam out a whole record if you want and Uh no one even knows you're doing it
0: right yeah i mean it's not very loud at all and when you're hitting them and it's the loudest thing for us is we he he, we have a two-story and so the drum kit's on the top floor so like when he's hitting the the kick it's like do do. (laughs) right you can hear it downstairs but i don't care i'm like play it as (laughs) long as you as long as you want as loud as you want i don't care Uh, as long as you're playing it but uh yeah that that's awesome that you started on off on drums and so you said you started playing in a band what if when your friend that was a drummer said let's let's start something and then how long were you in that band for was it just something that you guys screwed around with and then what was the first kind of you know step in the i want to do music full-time direction
1: yeah i was uh it, I was about fourteen, and we started a band called Act Fast, um, kind of like a hardcore band like it's a, a cool name. yeah, a f- kind of punky hardcore band. yeah there's a band so I, yeah I started going to shows when I was really young, like probably a year before that, or maybe two years before that. Just going to local shows, you know, there was lots of all ages shows here, and um you know a lot of friends in my junior high. Uh, We're already into music and 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 going to the local shows and the local scene uh, before I was. So I kind of got introduced to that through through like grade seven junior high Mm -hmm. school type thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So once we started, once I started listening to that stuff, the heavier music and hardcore punk rock, uh, I was like, man, yeah, like my buddy's right. We should start a band. Uh, like, I'd love to write stuff like this and just, you know, was always creative, always wanted to 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 play shows and to make music and make records at the time, make, you know, CDs and burn my own music to my own CDs and stuff like I was all about all of that. So um, Act Fast actually got like somewhat popular within Canada. Uh, we were lucky, man. We we got to play some amazing shows. Uh, we got to open for some awesome bands at that time like just being such a young kid uh being exposed to like the industry and mm-hmm. and playing like some of the bigger venues in the city and stuff was really really wild uh like i remember my my english teacher once i got to uh like grade 9 10 i remember my english teacher like letting me leave early uh, because i would have to like drive to edmonton
0: or vancouver to like play with Act fast, you know? So being high school. You guys were like like, doing stuff like you were in that young. I mean, early on in high school. Yeah. Wow.
1: For sure. Like uh, for being that young, I thought I had like, I was like, whoa, this is insane. Like, wow, this is so cool. And even just playing like Edmonton was uh, just a trip for us, you know? Sure. Luckily, uh, one of the guys in my band, like he was just old enough to have his license. So we were able to, like, drive to the shows and, and make this happen for ourselves. Um, I can't tell you how many venues, like, we couldn't tell we were, like, under 18 to, oh, <laughs> you know? right, right. We kind of right. had to, like, play the show and just, like, leave and hang outside after just because we were, not all of us had, were, like, of age and of stuff. Of age, yet.
0: yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was my first band um what were some of the you said you got to play with some big acts like is there somebody off the top of your head you can remember playing with and being like oh my gosh i can't believe we're opening up for so-and-so
1: totally there was a band that i was super influenced by writing act fast and they were called ceremony have you ever heard of that band ceremony the name sounds
0: familiar they're still
1: around they've changed themselves sonically quite a bit since then but they used to just be like a really heavy kind of thrashy hardcore band
0: mm-hmm.
1: um they were really like spearheading a, a genre uh within heavy music i think that that not a lot of bands were messing with at the time um super heavy now they're kind of like almost like an indie rock band like they've changed their sounds so much oh they're still amazing but check them out after this yeah uh, i will podcast yeah. but um ceremony that was a band that i was super influenced by uh my band act fast used to like cover one of their songs and stuff at our at our gigs and i remember we got to open for them so you know we were kind of almost like starstruck even though we were playing like a community center opening for uh for this band that we all love to listen to it was it was like a dream come true at the time that's cool and I That's... still remember that show vividly and um, yeah, I still, I still listen to that band too. I don't know if there's as much of a, an influence for my writing as, as they used to be, but I still really just, that show resonates with me and that band, I think because of that, I have such a soft spot for that band.
0: That's incredible. They're from California. I just looked them up. Yeah. They're from
1: California. Oh, yeah, They're cool. they're awesome. They I don't know like how often they still play, but, I ended up seeing them many times after that. Um, I traveled to LA for a fest called Sound and Fury um, Mm -hmm. back in the day. Have you heard of that fest? Yeah,
0: I have. I'm from San Diego, so I know a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay, so, um,
1: and saw a ceremony there, and it was just epic, man. They they headlined that festival, and it was just, like, absolutely epic. And that was probably five years after the show we played with them, so. um, Wow. Yeah fantastic band man so that's a standout show for me for being such a young kid getting that's cool being able to do that
0: yeah i'm gonna check them out after this they're from uh the like around the bay area san francisco area yeah yeah that's awesome um so that i mean with act fast how long did that band stay around for and like you know what, what like as it fills us out like tell me what what was next for you so through playing in act fast i met
1: uh a few guys from the city over, like I was telling you before, Kelowna,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: Kelowna, British Columbia and act fast and their band born for battle. We would play together. Um, we ended up just, I ended up starting a band with those guys uh, and, and we were called horizons and we like, I, I was, I think I was 18 at the time, roughly I had probably just graduated high school and the first thing we did was book ourselves like a two month U S Canada tour, uh, through oh, wow. horizons. So, um, we actually, we, we became busy enough and we were, we were touring enough that act fast was just not something I could realistically put my time into anymore. So, uh, wasn't acting and,
0: fast enough.
1: Yeah. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I see what you did there, hey, like um, that one, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And, and it kind of slowly fizzled out and some of the members moved away to Vancouver or surrounding cities and stuff. So mm-hmm. it kind of just like naturally fizzled out mm-hmm. uh, act fast, ended up playing a last show um, at a really awesome venue here. Uh, we were like right downtown Calgary and it was an amazing show. I think there was like six or 700 people there. Um, it was an awesome, like send off for act fast, Mm -hmm. but my, my eyes were on my, my new band horizons. We were getting some cool opportunities and we were playing some awesome shows around the States and, um, you know, being a Canadian boy and being able to play New York city or LA or something like that was, was really fun. And I was, I was at the age where I could actually kind of, you know, not really worry about anything else in my life as, Mm -hmm. As bad as that sounds and just kind of worry about touring and like, you know, working in between tours to go on tour because you're obviously not making money on those tours by any means. But, um, you know, just for the opportunity to be able to do that. And it's funny because through Horizons, we started playing uh, shows with a band called Gravemaker. Maker. Um, mm-hmm. They're from Vancouver. A couple guys from Seattle as well. And, uh, yeah, they, they, I saw them at a show in Calgary and, uh, one of their guys came up to me and they were like, man, we're looking for a, a new guitar player, <laughs> you know, like let us know they were, they were already well-established and already touring. They were touring South America and Europe wow. and, like, doing things that I uh, could only have imagined to do at that time. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I ended up doing that with Gravemaker. Uh, it didn't last too long. I think I was in the band for maybe like a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that was an awesome opportunity for me. Those guys taught me so much about touring, uh, and about just writing music and releasing music and, um, you know, talking to labels and just all the kind of behind the scene it- stuff mm-hmm. that, that you don't really get to see. Uh so so yeah that was a really great opportunity for me and being able to play with some of the bands I played with with Gravemaker and stuff was was very inspiring you know mm-hmm. um it definitely changed my life I could I could probably um I could probably say that was the turning point for me to where I knew I wanted music to be like a full time thing for me was okay. was when I was with Gravemaker so yeah I went Act Fast Horizons Gravemaker uh and then then i kind of ventured out to to other things as well so
0: okay well with graymaker did that did the band end up s- stopping or or was that hard to like you know make you that decision like okay now this is what i really want to do i'm really going to pursue being music and you said the the band you were you played with the band for about a year and a half and then after that what like how do you like what where did you go from there and like did the band stop or like wh- where where did that leave with you
1: yeah so they were so grave maker was was awesome because i was also like doing production at the time and getting kind of dipping my toes into uh doing music production so okay um making beats and Mm -hmm. doing engineering and just general music nerdism in logic and pro tools and i got really into like samplers and drum synthesizers and stuff like that. So, um I was actively like in the Gravemaker van when we were on tour like doing production on my laptop in the back seat like oh, making wow. for different artists and different rappers and stuff like that. Um I think it was a combination of things that that made me leave Grave maker One was the touring schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh I d- I think I was too young at the time. I think that I was overwhelmed by how much we were on tour to put it yeah. bluntly, you know, like I, mean, I, that I be, just don't, uh, I was, that was probably overwhelming, right? Yeah. It was crazy. And like to sustain myself in between tours and like, you know, I had a pretty solid job here, but it, it got pretty tricky sometimes. And then, you know, it, 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 so that was, that was one aspect of it that I just don't think I was ready yet. Like, like I have been for the last couple of years, once I, really matured and understood, understood how touring worked and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was a combination of me really wanting to pursue uh, production stuff as well. Uh, I really had a great time doing making beats for rappers and stuff like that. And I was getting really into it and Mm -hmm. getting like somewhat busy. So uh, I met a guy, I met a rapper from Detroit when I was on tour with grave maker and terror, actually. Wow. And uh, we we kind of hit it off and we started a little project called Suicide Kings. Uh, mm-hmm. I made the beats and he rapped. And um, I think that was the real catalyst for me leaving Gravemaker was starting to take Suicide Kings seriously. Uh, I was noticing the trajectory of our music and, you know, we were getting cool show offers and stuff like that. And uh, I think hip hop was really where I wanted to, to lay my feet. Uh, mm-hmm. As you can tell, I've expanded since then. I still do Suicide <laughs> Kings and, and make lots of hip hop music. You know, I would say uh, I moonlight as trench guitarist and songwriter. You know, but okay. but a lot of my time goes into making production for artists. That's um, cool. Yeah. So and then Suicide Kings. I mean, long story short, man, we released a bunch of vinyl. Um, on a couple different labels in Paris and in the States. And uh, we toured Europe three times. Um, I made some, uh, some lifelong connections and um, kind of uh, crafted myself a little bit of a a career out of, uh, out of being able to do the production side of things.
0: Yeah. Um, That's incredible to like go from, you know, being in these, kind of heavier thrash bands. And then you're like, I'm going to start making like beats, like hip hop beats, and then have it become something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's quite, yeah. that's quite incredible. And was that Thank something you. that was hard to, I mean, when you leave the band, then it's like, you're getting all these opportunities with, with suicide Kings. And then when do you come back around and is trench, like the next band that you form?
1: Yeah. And trench was years later. Oh, it was years later. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was, I was quite busy with Suicide Kings for, I would say like a good five years or so.
0: Wow. Um, Okay. So that became like the full-time thing.
1: That became my full-time thing. Yeah, for sure. Like that was, that really truly was like my, my, uh, my full attention almost because we were just busy, you know, Mm -hmm. and the MC from Suicide Kings, he was actually living in Calgary at the time. And he ended up moving back to Detroit and obviously like it, it can become harder to, uh, to write music as often and as efficiently as we were before in the same room together. Now we're like, he's in a different country. Uh, So, (laughs) um, so yeah, I was still busy with suicide Kings, but I was, I was looking to sink my teeth into something else uh, Mm -hmm. as well. Like something tangible that I can do in the city. I really love writing with people. You know, I love writing with people in the same room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think because it was about probably five, six, maybe even more years displaced from the Gravemaker times, I was ready to play heavy music again. I had never put my guitar down or anything, um, but I was ready to, you know, still fulfill my role as a producer and work with Suicide Kings and work with different artists and make beats. Um, But I wanted to dive into some more uh, heavy music writing as well. And that was um, when kind of trench came along and yeah, it came along at the perfect time, man, because I realized I kind of, I have really bad anxiety Mm -hmm. and writing music or playing instruments is one of like the only things that truly kind of zens me out
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to be able to write heavy aggressive music or write like a soulful rap song I was able to fulfill any of the emotions I was feeling Mm -hmm. um and and able to do that through many different genres which is very like satisfying as a Mm -hmm. as a musician so um yeah that's kind of the story of like it it now that I'm talking about it it's like wow it went from this band to this band. Like there was a lot of moving parts to get Mm -hmm. to where I am now.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic. And with trench, do you find the guys in the band? Like, are they people you knew prior? Like, how does the, how does the band begin then?
1: Yeah. So with trench, these are all guys I grew up with in Calgary. Oh, Okay. Yeah. We all met like through going to shows, um, a decade plus ago, probably, uh, like, There's photos of Act Fast last show, and like the Trench guys are like in the crowd shots moshing and and stuff. You know, from when we're like super young. So yeah, we've known each other for a long time. So Trench actually, they formed. It was originally just Jay and Bryce, uh, and then they included they got the Chans involved. So. Uh, Tony and Tommy Chan, the rhythm mm-hmm. section of Trish. yeah, the
0: drum and bass, right? Exactly, yeah. And Which they, kinda, they must be super tight if they're they brothers, I would imagine. They're twins. Twins. There you go. Like, yeah, Dude, they a have that
1: twin connection. Oh, you can and especially
0: with drums and bass together, like that's got to be unreal.
1: Dude, it's it's like so awesome to experience them having that twin rhythm section connection because, yeah. like. I was listening to a podcast that Tommy did the other day and he was like, man, when me and Tony mess up, like we mess up at the same time and we recover at the same time. Like they're totally on that wavelength, you know? That's so so
0: funny. That's insane.
1: It's it's pretty awesome. Um, But yeah, so Bryce, Jay, Tony, and Tommy, they actually wrote trench songs before I was even in the band. Um, They were originally just going to be a band with one single guitar player. Uh, They had maybe played like a show uh, prior and then I went to see them at this really interesting kind of warehouse venue in Calgary. It was maybe like their second or third show. I don't quite remember. Uh, And I was pretty intrigued by the music, you know, there was like Mm -hmm. 20 people there, like super small show, um, but it was the vibe was just like unbelievable, you know. And I was really stoked on, on trench and we were all homies anyway. Uh, And yeah, we kind of just got to talking and it, it, I don't remember if they said it or if I said it, but like, I think like a few days later I was in trench as their second guitar player. uh, (laughs) And I was like, all right, boys, like, let's get to it. Teach me the songs you've written. Let's write Mm -hmm. more shit. Like um, let's dig into this. And, I think with my knowledge of the industry, uh, Mm -hmm. I could help kind of, I don't know, take trench to uh, where they wanted to be, maybe like in a, in a, like releasing music type of standpoint, like, are we going to press tapes? Are we going to have shirts? Like that kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that, yeah, the powers combined, man, like, with all of us combined just kind of made trench what it was. And, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I definitely joined the band um, after they had played their first show, uh, which was sweet for me because I got to actually watch cause I've now, you know, I've been in trench for X amount of years, five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of cool to be able to watch one of their first shows as a spectator.
0: Right. Right. It's weird.
1: It, weird to think about,
0: you know, and w- did they have any music out yet or is it just, they just played, so- they had songs and they just played the, a couple shows. And that was it. I
1: think they had like a little demo out, okay. um, like a, t- a two or three song demo, um, you know, didn't get fancy with the recordings or anything like that. Uh, and that was what they had out at the time of me seeing them. So Mm -hmm. what I loved about Trench too, and again, this was like five, six years ago, was they had already put something on Bandcamp and they had only played a show or two. You know, I find that a lot of bands wait until they play 20 shows and then they're like, okay, here's our music that you can listen to digitally, you know? Mm -hmm. And I love that Trench was really about crafting the product, uh, which is what I'm super into. Like we're totally a studio band. You know, we love writing music and like and being in the studio and recording and crafting like a, an LP or an EP. Like that's we love doing that. But mm-hmm. um, there the next release condition was the one that I was like, all right, boys, like we need to like press tapes or something. Um, you know, we need to kind of take this to the next level. And then for our our first like true EP, The Gift of Guilt. Uh, was when I think we were like, okay, we're going to go to like a really legit engineer and producer and like, let's try and make this sound sonically awesome. If we're going to take this band seriously. So, Mm -hmm. uh, and we've been going to that guy ever since. And, uh, I think the gift of guilt was like a turning point for the sound of trench. I -hmm. think that was when a lot of people listened to us and kind of were like, okay, like this production's awesome. Like I'm not going to sleep on this,
0: you know? Right. Uh, Right. So yeah and you cuz you put that record out in 2019 yeah that ep and then you did a record blossom that, that was what two oh, two years ago i guess now yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think that that was two years ago it um, is so it was super weird yeah did that record well, come out during pandemic or before it started during it was a tough oh. decision what we were
1: going to do with the release of that record
0: was it um, done before it beforehand? came out
1: april 2020 so like oh, a month wow. after the pandemic started yeah, okay. it was done beforehand. So we we were basically what what our 2020 was looking like is we were supposed to we recorded Blossom in 2019. Mm-hmm. We were set to release Blossom in April of 2020. And we were supposed to go on tour with misery signals uh in the US and Canada in July. Oh wow. So we were basically going to release the record, play a couple like spot dates. And then we were leaving for like a month long misery signals tour. Okay. And the the only thing that that happened happened out of all of that (laughs) is that we released blossom, (laughs) (laughs) which is cool. Like it, it definitely did great things for us. And, you know, we debated, we were like, should we hold off? What is, how long is this going to be? Is this going to be a week? Is this going to be years? Uh, And here we are two years later, but, um, you know, that was something we were just like, you know, let's just do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's
1: just release this record. And, you know, if it falls by the wayside or something, we're not breaking up. We have more records in us. Like, let's just release it and, and see what happens. And I'm so glad we did. You know, um, I believe it carried trench. It, it helped us get through the pandemic and still be a band that, that can release something today that people may care about. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get lost in the pandemic shuffle or break up like a lot of bands did. Which I understand why bands were doing that. We were just lucky because we all live in the same city. You mm-hmm. know, through the pandemic, we could get together and write and uh, still go to the studio and, and be creative. It was it was um, a pretty amazing thing in such like a dire situation that we could still be a band together.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And were those songs that you were able to work on and, and write throughout the pandemic, does that would became encased in Chrome or were these, are these even newer songs than that?
1: Yep. Um, we wrote encased in Chrome through the pandemic. Okay. Um, we kind of like, yeah, we were in, in our city, the the COVID numbers were up and down and up and down. So we were constantly like shutting down and reopening and shutting down and reopening. So uh, the the records started with us just sending like stems to each other through mm-hmm. email, basically, uh, and kind of building off of that. Our, our drummer, Tommy and Tony, his brother, they're both like great engineers. And Tom has an awesome little studio set up in his basement.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we were able to, you know, once we were feeling comfortable about getting in the same room and, and all that. We were able to take all these ideas we had already kind of hashed out through sending stems to each other, and we just started recording pre-production in Tom's basement, you wow. know, in his home studio. So that was like, I think we will never not do pre-production ever again uh, because we we were able to take like months of recording, changing this, changing that, changing the structure, uh, re-recording it and not having to pay for all this studio time of us like basically crafting a record in a studio, but it's kind of, it's Tom's studio Mm. Uh, and he's in the band. So he's, he's like, let's (laughs) do it here. You know, our ideas and let's start building these songs and writing these songs. So actually encasting Rome was super fun to write. Um, I really want to continue writing trench stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's awesome to be able to listen to a song knowing you're not putting it out for like eight to 10 months. So, oh, you don't like that riff there? Let's go back and rework that and change right. it. We, can change we it. have the time to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that was like a, a nice secret weapon for us to be able to uh, get as wild as we did on Encased In Chrome. And that's kind of how we're starting to write our LP right now, as well as like, we, we got stems floating around right now, like mostly guitar riffs. And I think once, once we hash a few of them out, we'll start going to, to the pre pro process already just cause that's become a, a part of
0: our writing process. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And with, yeah. with, with that record or with the new one in case and crow, you guys signed with Dine Alone. Yeah. What was that like? Um, I mean, they're a great surreal. label. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It,
1: was, <laughs> it was really surreal, man. Um, so yeah, like through the pandemic, it allowed us to focus a little bit more on like the the business side of Trench. And what does this look like? Do we want to do to keep doing this in the DIY realm, which honestly, none of us have a problem with doing that. We all grew up doing it uh, through our hardcore bands and just basically doing everything ourselves. Um, Now, the only difference is like, we're a little older, we all have jobs. So like we can afford to do a merch run or we can afford to you know book the studio time or something. But um signing to dynalone slash new damage was uh new damage is basically dynalone records like um alternative kind of heavy mm-hmm. uh label uh subsidiary right and um signing to dynalone was just uh, it couldn't have happened at a better time. First of all, we couldn't believe we got a record deal through COVID.
0: Right. Um, I know. That's incredible.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I, it was it was really odd in a time of kind of despair for the music industry. Uh, I was under the impression like labels just weren't signing or, or anything, you know, because it was so uncertain with live shows and just being able mm-hmm. to properly do the business of, that a label would do. So the fact that, that we did get signed through a pandemic was unbelievable. Uh, since like signing with them, they've really, you know, being able to kind of utilize the Dine Alone Records resources mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, they, they, they see our vision. Uh, they've never like asked anything of us creatively. They're just like, do trench, be trench, do what you would do. Uh, you know, we have like a rapper on one of our songs and they were just like super stoked on it. You know, they were very encouraging and they're like, yeah, let's get crazy. Like, uh, just be trench, man. We're just here to support you guys and, and, uh, and guide you. And, uh, you, they're, they're an amazing label and it's, it's great too. Cause they're Canadian. Um, I've noticed that sometimes it can be a little tougher for an American label to sign a Canadian band. Uh, mm. You're immediately dealing with a band that you're going to have to like constantly get visas for to cross the border, um, dealing with a different currency, um, you know, just all those little intricacies that come with signing a band from a different country. Mm-hmm. And we had been talking to a couple different labels, and yeah, Dynalone really was just like the the natural choice. It's been uh, what a trip it is to be on a label with like Alexis on fire and stuff right. like that. I know You know, to, to call them our label mates is just, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. I can't, I can't get over it. I don't think any of us can. So yeah, we, we feel very, very honored to be a part of the Dine Alone new damage team.
0: That's so cool. So cool. And thank you so much, Cole, for doing this, man. I really appreciate your time.
1: Dude, of course. Thank you for your time. It was uh, great talking to you, man.
0: Yeah, I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Um, just do what feels right. I think that's my advice. You know, uh, if if you want to be like a guitar player that just sits at your house and learns blues and that's where you want your, your, your musical journey to, to start and end, then do that. If you want to be the next like Bieber, then I think you should push for that and do that because it is all possible, you know? Um, and that sounds kind of cliche, but as a guy who's kind of on a small, uh, you know, seeing different things happen to my own band, I'm realizing, wow, like you really just have to commit And you really just have to like chase after exactly what you want and make a plan for your, for yourself, uh, for your music, you know, whether that's learning an instrument or, uh, pressing your band onto a cassette tape or touring the world, make a plan, make a goal and, uh, follow through, you know, do everything you can to follow through and that will put you in a, in a great space, regardless of if you get massive or if you're just having a good time like noodling around on a guitar.